Welcome everyone to this not so instant instant reaction podcast. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel and like the video. If you are listening in podcast form, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast as well. I would greatly appreciate that. This one is all about the combat sports and uh, what we saw over the weekend. So like I said, it, it's not quite as instant reaction-y, but um, still just gonna do kind of breakdown by breakdown of some of the big moments that we saw from the UFC and from the boxing card. If you're looking for a bit more sportsy stuff, uh, wherever you are consuming this bit of content, I have a little bit more out there talking about... Um, uh, pod on my podcast today, talked about the Blue Jays, talked about the Flames, uh, talked some fantasy football. So all of that is up right now on uh, YouTube and in podcast form. This is kind of a, a double dip. And for regular podcast listeners, I said before, this is going to be the show that kind of replaces tomorrow's show. So that's, that is what we are doing this week. Uh, find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Primetime Klein. But now all of that is out of the way. Let's get right into it, talking about UFC Austin. Uh, it was quite the night for uh, UFC fans at UFC Austin. By the way, we need more of these fight night cards like this. Um, if you wanted to do, like, Perfect World is a UFC and a fight night card a month. Um, that that was, that, that was, mwah, perfect time. Um, if you wanted to do a uh, fight night card, UFC pay-per-view, and a uh, Apex show, a very skippable Apex show, I would be fine with that. There's far too much UFC right now. Uh, but th this was not one of those cards where you're saying that. This was an excellent night. Massive finish after massive finish. Two slam finishes on this night. Uh, some big wins on there. Just quickly, uh, rapid fire before we get into the, the main fights. Uh, Drakkar close with a, a big victory. We kind of said before, like, this guy gets slept on way too much, and I, I still think there is something there. Uh, Clay Guida just existed in a UFC fight. That's awesome to see in 2023. I've never been his biggest fan, but it was still cool to see. Uh, and Sean Brady with a big statement over Kelvin Gastelum. But in the main event, speaking of statements, Armin Sarukian with an absolute annihilation of uh, Benil Dariush with a dominant showing. He finishes it a minute four of the first round and just a, a phenomenal finish and set up perfectly. I don't know if he meant to set up, set it up that way, but good Lord, what a setup. So uh, for, for those who don't, who, who don't see it, and I'm going to do a bad job because I'm fucking sitting, but he throws the right, Dariush covers up like this, uh, and for those listening like this, he, he covers up like you would. Um, so Sarukian comes up, throws a knee up the middle that at initially when you see it, it's like, oh, fuck, he rocked him with the knee. And then the ground and pound puts the, the clothes to it. But the knee actually comes up a, a little bit short of him. And so what happens instead is as he's backing away from the knee, the right hook comes across and hits him perfectly on the jaw to put a wrap on that one, basically, like knocked him down and then ground and pound. It was basically fundamental from that point. But to have the power in your right to like, while your one, while your knee that you're throwing is coming back down to the earth to come across with the right and just blitz the bejesus out of Benil Dariush, it was impressive, impressive stuff. And it's something we said about this coming into this fight. This is a fighter who absolutely has a ton of power and a ton of speed. And if he is able to use that, it's going to be a bit of a difficult time for Benil Dariush. And he used it here perfectly. Like just three punches or three strikes there in succession. Just pop, pop, pop. And it's over. This is a scary, scary fighter at 155 pounds. And 
he needed a fight like this um, to, to kind of show like he, he is legitimate in this top five, but he has all of the weapons now that should concern fighters at the top of this division. Armin Sarukian is 100% a fighter that you need to... You, you need to, 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 to worry about just the power that he has. We've seen wrestling ability from him before too. The power that he has and everything. It, it's just, it's excellence. Um, on the Benil Dariush side, this is a tough loss for him. You guys know, and longtime followers of my broadcasting run, you guys know, I'm a big fan of this dude. I think he's incredibly round, um, well-rounded. Uh, I almost said one-rounded, which he was in this one, uh, one-minuted, I guess, in this bout. But it, it's weird to say this because, like, yeah, the fight lasted a minute. It, it was a good minute. Like, Dariush, you see powerful leg kicks, has good punching. He's obviously very good when it comes to the ground game as well. He is a, a well-rounded fighter, but this is now back-to-back -back losses where he has been kind of victimized by fighters who are quicker than him. And uh, I believe he's 35, 37 years old. That's quicker than you is going to be what you're going to have to deal with probably for the rest of your fighting career. So this is something that he needs to figure out if he wants to, to get to that apex. And honestly, he probably won't at this point. Like, it does... it. it a couple big wins and he can get right back there for sure. But th this does kind of seem like it's, oh, the the run for a title might be over for this guy at 155 pounds. Um, just, it, it's a really, really tough one. And again, it's a couple fights in a row where the quicker fighters have been too much for him. In the co-main event, Jalen Turner blasts Bobby Green. Let's get to the fighters first and we'll get to the obvious part at the end. Um, I love the stand-up from Turner. You, you guys know... Um, anyone who's throwing quick and down the middle and just straight punches, got my vote. Love, love to see that. And that's what Jalen Turner was doing, using that length to his advantage. Um, and then obviously like the, the thing that I really liked about it was the commitment to the punches that there was, it wasn't just like, Oh, we're, we're throwing straight, just bop, bop, bop. There was no, there was no bop, bop. There was only ba-boom in his game for, for lack of a better term. It was a commitment to the punches. He was sitting down on them and really executing those. Instead of just filling space, he was looking to fill his face. Um, I just came up with that. It was an impressive showing. And just to, to be able to have that quickness and that kind of power, you really, really appreciate what Jalen Turner was was able to do. And it kind of gets him back on track. A couple of tough losses, a couple of split decision losses. He was uh, wavering a little bit. This is a fight to get him back on track. This is still a fighter that, that should be, again... Um, noted in in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, he he is a guy to watch. For Bobby Green, this is this is the Bobby Green experience. He lunges in with a left right at the start of the fight that lands perfectly. He throws with power. He keeps his hands down by his waist. Um, they're not just hanging there; like he has them up in like the a regular like fight stance, just down by his belly button instead. It's it's quite the stance to see, but this is this is going to be him. There are going to be some fights where he comes in, charges in, and that left that lands is going to be enough. Um, and just the power that he has and the ferocity that he throws and just his general badassness is going to be enough to win him some fights. But when you keep the hands down, that invites what happened to him here. And he gets tagged once, gets a little bit wobbly, Tagged again, down he goes, and then the finish was what the finish was. But this, this is the Bobby Green experience, and he is a true badass. Um, and I, yeah, big fan. Big, big fan of his. He's not going to challenge for a title, but if for as long as he wants to keep providing this sort of violence, um, he, he absolutely can. 
it won't be for much longer if Kerry Hatley keeps officiating like this for his fights. This was atrocious. You've all, you've all, I'm sure at this point, seen the stoppage. So, um, Bobby Green takes about 15 seconds worth of damage that he didn't need to. So, uh, Turner, as Green's kind of ducking, throws the right that catches him, like, basically right in the temple, right? And so, Green... Um, it looks fine for a second and then it wobbles and then Turner lands another shot that drops green at that point you can call it and no one's commenting no one's oh early stoppage there no 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 no. a guy was on roller skates and then you blasted him to the shadow realm that's that's going to be a, a fine stoppage if you want to let it go for a couple just because Bobby Green's a badass fine whatever um it's unfortunate that Bobby Green's brain has to pay the Bobby Green's a badass tax, but sometimes that's what it is with some of these guys who just want to go out on their shield or whatever. But once he drops a couple ground and pound shots, and that that should be it. Rolling over onto your stomach and just putting your hands behind your head a little bit should not be enough to um, to be considered intelligently defending yourself. It was atrocious. It's one of the worst stoppages you will ever see. Um, from Kerry Hatley, who's normally fine. Like, you don't see him in a lot of title fights, but he, he is generally a, a relatively reliable official. So to, to see that and to have that happen was really disappointing and really, really frustrating to see for um for for Carrie Halley but yeah just it was bad it was really really bad um and the other big one that I want to touch on here uh Davison Figueredo welcome to bantamweight with a excellent performance over Rob Font at 135 pounds um there were concerns coming in how would like he he is kind of a a smaller fellow how would that translate with his power to 135 pounds how would he be able to throw a punch and how would he be able to take a punch well he took punches fine and it looked like he was throwing them um, pretty effectively. And I like that they were talking about it on commentary. They said, Rob Font said, yeah, he's not small. Like, he's short. He's not small. Dude is bricked up, man. And you can see where that power comes from. Um, and it translates to 135 pounds. And I, I thought that what happened in this fight really showed that that power does translate to 135. Because Font gets off to a pretty good start. Fighting at range, he's really good at that. Um, well, one of the best at 135 pounds at, at fighting at range, able to, to kind of keep him at the end of his punches. But once Figueredo found a way in and was able to counter those, you could see how things shifted. Um, and that's what tells you the power is there at 135 pounds. Um, once Font kind of felt like he, he would throw the punch and kind of eat one back, at that point, he started being hesitant to throw. And that is what great counterpunching does, is it makes you think before you throw. And I'm not saying Rob Font was scared or anything like that, because, um, I mean, the, the guy would rip me apart with his bare hands. But you could just see there was a touch of hesitancy. He was respecting the power of Figueredo. So obviously it transfers to 135 pounds, and it set up the rest of the fight for Figueredo. He was able to get off first more times. He was able to counter a little bit because you could kind of see it coming sometimes from Font because there was like, the, uh, should I? Yeah, I should. Well, bam. Um, you could see that coming from Figueredo. So a really strong performance. I don't think this should knock Font uh, by any means. It's a couple losses in a row, but it's losses to Corey Sanhagen and to Davis and Figueredo. Many are the man who would lose to those two fighters. So I, I don't think this spells the end of anything for Rob Font. Still an excellent fighter. Um, still really fun to watch. This is more about what Davidson, Davidson Figueredo did uh, than what Font didn't do. Notebook flip means we are now going to the sport of boxing. And before we get to Ryan Garcia and his fight with Oscar Duarte, there were some fights earlier in the day. Uh, I was at a buddy's place watching them, so I wasn't necessarily taking notes, just mental notes. Um, but Jordan Gill beats Michael Can uh, Canlan. 
this is a, a really, really difficult loss now for uh, Michael Canlan to take as he was coming in off of a uh, off of a loss in a title fight. Um, sorry, Conlon. I'm saying Canlan. It's Conlon. Um, tough loss for Mike Conlon to take as or Mick, as they were calling him. Some of them were. Um, he's coming in off of a loss in a title fight. Um, and he was definitely the A side in this bout. Coming off of that loss against Luis Alberto Lopez. Um, it's a, a fight for a championship. He loses that. He gets knocked out. Comes into this one. He is the A side. The crowd is behind him. It's in Belfast. It's on his own at fucking noon on a Saturday. And like he he is the guy. And that's what he put out. And he he ends up losing. Gil knocks him down in the second, puts him away in the seventh round. Um for for Conlon, I, I think this is it for for title relevancy for him. For for international, whatever. Like the, the dude probably can sell about Belfast till he's 50. Um, but in terms of real international important bouts, I, I just I don't see it for him now. This is back-to-back really tough losses. Um for, for Jordan Gill, th- this was a really difficult spot. He handled being the road fighter perfectly, just came in and not only did his job, but absolutely took down Conlon. Um, you, you could see the the pressure that, that he wanted to put on and the power that he was able to exude, all of it. Excellent, excellent stuff there from uh, from Gill. In the co-main event, it was uh, Lewis Crocker taking on Tyrone McKenna. Admittedly, a couple fighters I'm not overly familiar with. Apparently, there's an East Belfast versus a West Belfast rivalry that is very strong and... Um, Whichever part of Belfast this fight was in is where McKenna was from. So the the crowd was firmly behind him and Crocker silenced them from the word go. I don't know if he threw a jab the whole fight. It was just power shot, power shot, power shot, power shot, power shot, bomb, bomb, bomb. The whole fight for 10 rounds. And anytime McKenna would throw, he would laugh at him. Like Crocker just stole this kid's lunch money. Um, and it seemed like a bit of it was a bit behind McKenna. And you could hear the commentary saying, like talking about what, what a game performance. Like Crocker's probably going to win, but you have to appreciate the heart of McKenna and all of this. It's like, oh, McKenna was your guy's dude and Crocker has just come in. And just kind of giving him a wedgie in front of the whole crowd for 10 minutes, or for, for 30 minutes. And now we're trying to, to cover some stuff up with how tough he is. Which again, solid rule of thumb. If a broadcast is talking about how tough you are, you got your ass beat. And McKenna got his ass beat. Um, this, like, this was one of those ones where, like, if he shows up on an undercard again, I'm gonna watch. But I, I'm not, oh man, Tyrone McKenna, let, let me see this fight. Um, but Crocker, man, that, that was fun. It was fun what he was able to do there. But let's get to one of the, the bigger fights of the weekend. Uh, probably the biggest fight of the weekend. Ryan Garcia with a victory over Oscar Duarte. Um, Garcia needed the, this finish and he, he got it. In, in term, like, bigger picture, he needed this finish. And in terms of, like, how this fight was going, I feel like he needs this finish. Big picture, there's a lot of talk about how the, the tank fight ended, right? Um, where... He gets hit to the body, and there's a, a couple seconds, and then he just, like, everything shuts down. And it looks like he can get up, and he doesn't. Um, and so, a lot of people saying he quit. A lot of people saying he's overrated. He's got, like, for, for people who like the traditional boxers, right? Garcia is not going to be someone who, um, necessary or he, he's going to be at least an easy target for those guys. He is a, a handsome fellow who... Some would argue and have that he has got to the spot that he is at 
based off of a social media following and not necessarily what he's done in the ring. Now, what he's done in the ring is also very good, but a lot of people talking about, oh, he's just he's basically just an influencer, just getting to the spot, influencer pretty boy, he doesn't belong in boxing. And then the toughest test of his career, takes a hit to the body, and then it's just, and then it's done. And so people are like, see, he quits. He quits at the first sign of adversity. Um, and so he needed a, a big performance here to kind of shut those people up and to, to get him back on track. And in terms of how the fight was going, it was starting to slip away from him a little bit. And so to get the knockout there, kind of against the flow of things, but also as things are slipping away from you, is is kind of impressive. But it was slipping away from him because of what he wasn't doing. Um, in the first part of the fight, the hand speed, like the hand speed with him is always going to be there. It's elite. What, what he is able to, to do and just set up punches, like just pop, pop, pop. And you don't even know what has hit you. Um, and so he was doing that early on. That uppercut was there just based on how Duarte covers up where he, he gets the elbows down to like, he puts the elbows wide to, to cover the body, but that leaves the head. They were talking about this on the broadcast that leaves like a line up the middle, which is about the size of a glove to get through and just Pez dispenser you. And that's what uh, Garcia was doing on occasion. But like it, he was clearly comfortable in this fight and clearly in control. And then at some point that just kind of stopped. And for Duarte, there is some credit there because of the, the power that he was throwing um, and the forward pressure that he was presenting. I do think that that kind of wore on Garcia a little bit. But even then, Duarte was not throwing nearly as much as he needed to. Um, like I, I thought... Duarte fought a good fight, and he's obviously a good fighter, but I don't think he presented enough of a challenge to Garcia that warranted the lack of volume, basically starting in round four. Like, I gave round four to, to Garcia, um, as well as six, um, but you could make a very compelling case that Duarte won both of those. I just thought Garcia landed a little bit more to, to um, sway my opinion on that, but Duarte was certainly landing with power, and he's coming forward the whole time. But that the fight, the momentum is starting to turn a little bit. And I just, I don't think Duarte did enough with that. A, I don't think he did enough to cause it, to force Garcia into that kind of shell. And B, once Garcia's like kind of backing up, he's in the corner a bunch and Duarte should just be unleashing hellfire on him. Because the rest of the time, Garcia's circling and you can see that is not Duarte's game. He wants to stalk and then when you're stopped, he wants to just like, wah, bah, 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 bah. that wasn't happening. Um... And even then when Garcia was stopping, it was bomp but it wasn't the big, like, flurry that you were expecting given how that fight was going. So it was a bit disappointing there from, from Duarte. Like, he, fine, but th this was a big opportunity. Talked a lot of shit coming into this one, as one does. And I, I thought that there was just, there was more needed from him in that bout. One of the weird things from this was, I believe it was the fourth round, where Duarte was warned like 45 times for different things. One of them, he absolutely uh, punched Garcia low. But the rest of it, Garcia was doing this weird defensive shell where he was basically turning his whole back to to Duarte. Um, and so, like, Duarte, it took him a little bit to figure that out. Like, what the fuck? Like, I I have, like, this much of you to punch. Like, what what is going on here? And so he started to figure out with a few hooks to the head. He would get around it a little bit. Um, they were talking about that this was him protecting his body because he, he got dropped with a, a right to the body, um, rather famously. And so this is him kind of, um, I, I guess, just kind of um, protecting against that. But it looked really weird. Like, it looked like he was, again, tougher than I am, professional boxer, all of that. But it did look like he was kind of cowering a little bit uh, away from it. And just like, oh no, you can't punch me. It's like, well, but 
I kind of have to, it's a fight. Like, what, what, what are you doing here? So it was just, it was very strange, but it took Duarte a while to figure it out. It did again seem like he was starting to figure it out though. And so that's why the Garcia knockout it, is so important because it did feel like Duarte was coming on. He was starting to figure out like, I need to throw a little bit more volume. He wasn't cutting the ring off as much as you would like for someone who clearly isn't comfortable punching on the move. Um, he wants to really sit down on his punches and throw them that way, which is fine. Um, but it was starting to come. And for Garcia to be able to stop that momentum in extract with a perfect uppercut and then the finishing ability, perfect job to do it. And then the, uh, the, the, the piece de resistance for Garcia fans. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'm a Garcia fan. Um, for a guy who was talking so much shit about Garcia quitting by not getting up at that 10 count, Duarte... You could make a very compelling case. I'm not saying he did, but you could make a very compelling case that he got up at 10, uh, just to be like, no, see, I, I could have kept going, but I just, I, the, the, the referee screwed me. Um, it just, it felt like he was kind of done with it and stood up, knew what he was doing and stood up late. That, that's, you could, you could certainly get a sense of that. Again, I'm not here to question the heart or toughness of any boxer. Um, he may have just timed it wrong, but like you, you have to get up at eight or that, that referee, is not going to give you any benefit of the doubt. Once he hits nine, you have to basically be doing jumping jacks to for him to be all right with it. So just a, a weird stoppage, but a, a strong performance from Garcia. Like there, there are absolutely holes that you can pick through it 100%, but overall a strong fight for, for Ryan Garcia and now sets him up for a, another big opportunity here. Um, a lot of names being bantied about, but either way, this was a big night for Ryan Garcia one that he desperately needed to have, and he comes away with the performance, for the most part, that he needed. So that's going to do it for this uh, instant reaction show. Again, um, for a, a more traditional stick and ball sports, I had a podcast earlier today. For fans of that show, there's not going to be one on Wednesday, a little two for today. Thursday, we'll be back with NFL Power Rankings, and we're doing our NFL, um, like the, the college football playoff committee, kind of messing with things. We're going to do the NFL football playoff committee coming up on Thursday's show. Who would get into a top four playoff in the NFL if we were to do it that way? Uh, and then coming up on Friday, we're going to do fights to make coming off of these fun boxing and UFC fights. Um, going to see if some of our, our rankings changed a little bit. And we're going to get into some WWE talk as well as a full NFL preview. So a lot to come uh, on this channel this week. As always, find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. And you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Home. Remember to like this video, remember to subscribe to the channel, remember to leave a comment or a review um, wherever you are listening, and subscribe wherever you're listening in podcast form, and I will talk to all of you coming up a little bit later. Have a good day, everybody.